0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hey, this is Chad. just want to let you know before we get started with the podcast here today, um, it was a really fun one, but we did have some, a few audio issues here and there for whatever reason. Um, and so, stick with us if you do, because it ends up being really fun. But uh, and I don't think it's I don't think it's too bad. But just want to give you a heads up that there are some audio issues. We'll try to fix for uh, for next time. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you know, it's the joy of my life doing this podcast for you all uh, every week. And uh, thank you so much for being part of the family. Without further ado, it's me and Chris Garber. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 362 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? That's me. It is you, as a matter of fact. I'm, I'm betting... In, I'm in a strange, strangely uh, good mood right now. I don't know why. Well, good. This would make for a good uh, good podcast. Uh, i got to tell you, Chris, I'm betting big on you uh, really bouncing back this episode and, uh, and providing some good content for our viewers.
1: <laughs> uh, betting big that's the motto of the reds
0: uh for
1: those that don't know, you, go ahead yeah go ahead now go ahead Ch- Ch- chad's uh cracking wise about an article this uh this evening in the or thursday evening in the cincinnati enquirer by one bobby nightingale uh basically i don't know if you start like a spring training preview i guess is, is kind of but his, his angle is the Reds are making a big bet that their offense, which had the league's lowest batting average at 212 last season, will naturally improve to give them a chance to compete for a divisional title. So I, I was going to ask you if you thought Bobby Nightingale was, um, like, parroting the company line and kind of defending the team. But as I read that for the second time, I think there's no way. It's like, it's largely the same offense that went scores for 22 innings in the postseason.
0: So, so you think he believes yeah. that, that, it's gonna, that that's a possibility? I mean I guess it's a possibility, but.
1: I, yeah, I think he's skeptical of the success okay. of the
0: Big Bet. <laughs> well, good, good. That makes me feel better about Bobby Nightingale. Um, when I read that, everybody here that's listening knows exactly what went through my mind as soon as I read that. That's their strategy on offense is to hope that everybody plays better
1: naturally improving (laughs) naturally naturally like I wonder that that, I just like to play with that word for a little bit like okay I I don't think he's making a steroid dig there but is he just saying like is that a synonym for magically (laughs) it's not like they're young right it's not like you expect you know Nick Castellanos to naturally improve when he gets to be age 29 or whatever he
0: is Yeah, yeah. Magic. Let's let's use magically instead. I I mean, listen. uh, You know, I think we both probably think that there's a decent chance that the offense has to be better. I mean, it was a short season, so you know, sample size issues, and um, you know, and and some of these guys did not play to what the back of their baseball card says. But my whole thing is just, you know, let's not let's not hope they play better. Let's make sure that we fill some holes and and give ourselves the best chance of uh, of having a better offense instead of just betting big on. Mike Moustakas being better.
1: Uh, as he says it, and that's the bet the Reds are gambling on. If the offense improves and the top players stay healthy, they'll be in the mix.
0: Oh boy. Could just, doesn't that just make your heart almost explode out of your chest with excitement for the it's, season? It's they'll...
1: exciting. It's exciting. You know, I, and I, I'd like to nominate Sonny Gray for like a Walt Jockety quote award. You know, he's, he's got a line in there. Uh, you still look at as an offensive unit, we still have an, some extremely established players who have been so productive and so successful throughout their professional careers.
0: did he say that they're gritty?
1: <laughs> they're extremely established
0: <laughs> you got to have some establishment
1: you want to have an extreme amount if you're if you're really planning on a big bet season <laughs> oh gosh i I don't you know i don't i i I wouldn't do any better if I was asked to give quotes for a living, but it's yeah. uh. You know what are they gonna like? We said
0: before, what are they gonna say? What are they gonna say? Yeah, you know, I mean, again, and it's not that we're saying that the Reds are definitely gonna be, uh, you know, the offense is definitely not gonna be better. I think there is a reasonable chance they'll be somewhat better, but hope, going into a season and, uh, and and deciding only to fill seven of the eight positions on the uh, on the offense and just hoping that the team magically plays better, which they might, but that's still not a not a recipe for success. I don't think so. Oh, well. Uh, And actually, success, according to Nightingale's article, is not, you know, championship winners. And they might be in the mix.
1: (laughs) Might be in the mix. If not, fourth place.
0: There you go. Uh, Speaking of quotes, and this was, I just, I literally laughed out loud at this one. Uh, And it's one of those, like you just said, where, you know, what's he going to say? And we're talking about manager David Bell, And here's the quote this week. I feel great about the options that we have. I'm not ready today to name my starting, starting shortstop by any means. But at the same time, we know who we have we're familiar with our personnel and the options we have at the position. We feel great about that. They feel great that they're really familiar with Uh,
1: them. Great. Uh, I feel great how familiar I am. I'm extremely... Well, these guys are extremely established. And uh, you're, you're, you know, uh, staggeringly familiar with them.
0: Established and familiar?
1: Isn't it like a a Mad Lib? It's like... uh, Hyperbolic adjective with mundane noun.
0: You know, I've always every time I see one of these quotes. Again, what's David Bell going to say? Uh, some of these quotes we've had from Nick Crawl over the off season. What's he going to say? He's, you know, he, he has a PR he has to engage in. But wouldn't you love David Bell to say what he's really thinking?
1: <laughs> I, had no, I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Just, I mean, I could. I could get up here and tell you that these guys are tremendously present (laughs) you know i think i'm just gonna just gonna say i don't know
0: we've got a number of uh human adults who have positioned themselves between second and third base at some point in their careers
1: oh gosh
0: i'd like him to get up there and say castellini crapped out on us he refused to even get us a shortstop i don't have a starting shortstop that's why i haven't named one i don't have one on my roster i would love for him to say that but he can't
1: yeah, I think it's uh well that's one of those things like, you know, if you're gonna do that, you gotta quit. You can't <laughs> yeah. you can't do that to your boss.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um I still I still dream of the day when, when, when that happens. Um say you Sid Bream of the Day. <laughs> oh, Potentially the first Sid Bream reference on this uh on this podcast in episode number three hundred sixty two. Um Fox Sports Ohio acquired a shortstop. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, uh, they, they cut loose a second baseman and a, and a pitcher. I see too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and a I don't know bullpen catcher named Jeff Pacoro.
1: a wide receiver.
0: And, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, the Reds announced that uh, Barry Larkin's going to serve as a TV analyst this week, and, he's gonna, and they say he's going to be in the rotation with Chris Welsh and Jeff Brantley. And, and I hope that doesn't reduce the number of opportunities we have to hear Chris Welsh on television. But sounds like uh, Larkin's going to do the home games.
1: Like, what kind, of, what kind of deal is that? That's a pretty you're good. Chris Welsh, you've got twenty some years of this team, what almost thirty years with this team, and they're like, yeah, you um, you're doing all the road trips,
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: then... and getting half, you're getting half the games. The good news is they're all the road trips.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, that's, that's you know getting half the games after you know doing all of them. That's that's the first smack in the face. But then, oh yeah, also you live here in Cincinnati and you don't get to do any of the games that are here.
1: And why would that, like, and I don't even get why Larkin, I mean, he doesn't live there. Like, wouldn't that's he true. rather do the games in Atlanta and Miami that's a good closer point. to his home in Orlando than, than schlep up to Cincinnati, you know, 13 times a year?
0: Uh, maybe, maybe we're uh, underestimating how much uh, Barry Larkin likes to schlep up to Cincinnati.
1: I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe his family's still up here and he that's why he wants to do it. Or, yeah. And, and maybe there's part of the deal is, like, well, I don't know, he could do that on the road, too, like working with the working with the players and stuff. Is he still doing that deal?
0: He has been. I don't know if he still is uh, this year. He, presumably. I mean, that's, I don't know.
1: I like I'd, to think of him like when, when Joe Nuxall used to put on uniform and throw a BP. I'd like to see Larkin. It wouldn't be quite as amusing.
0: That's true. see true. To see now, are you upset about the fact that Danny Graves and Doug Flynn are no longer uh, evidently a part of the Reds broadcast team? No. No, I can't work up I, any sympathy. No, I mean, I don't want anybody lose their job, but
1: yeah, I mean, I thought Graves was better this year than he was in the past.
0: I'll agree with that.
1: I, 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 he he just didn't he didn't do it for me. Like I didn't care for his like his style wasn't my favorite, but he was he was much better. But Flynn Flynn, uh, by all accounts, a great guy, and I think that's why he they just let him hang around and threw him some money, but he was not good at that job.
0: You know, I'll agree that Graves was better, but I still on radio he's not good. You know, I could see him being the you know in the in the pregame postgame show. You know, in the studio or whatever. Yeah, um,
1: it's it's just weird to me. There, it's it's a hard hard job, and, and the thing about Chris Welsh is he has continued. I mean, to probably more than anybody I'm familiar with to try to learn more and improve. Oh yeah, his, his ability to call a game. And you get so many of these guys, even guys like Sam LeCure, who's like, what, five years younger than us, is, is on there talking about. By and large, you know, uh, the kids these days kind of a, kind of an approach to commentary. And it, it's just, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know. I think Larkin said a few things that I thought were pretty, pretty, um, may, maybe optimistic that he's kind of. Going to be a, a pro baseball pro player, yeah. Commentator, I unlike know. a lot of guys who just bitch about their inability to bunt.
0: <laughs> I, I just think Welsh is, and I hope maybe they're going to go with a three man road, uh, three man booth, sometime. or something. I don't know. I would hate to see his role reduced because I do believe I mean, I've not watched every uh, broadcasting from every uh, for every team, but he's a guy that seriously cares about his craft. And has really tried to remain open-minded, and uh, because his role is to explain what's happened on the field, so he has to kind of stay engaged with uh, you know the current state of the game, and you know he, he it's not just RBIs and you know pitching wins with him, and and <laughs> he, he's he's really good at what he does, and not just because he's been on the podcast a few times, although I, really, that's I totally
1: agree, up. and and you know I mean take it beyond like all that, and then he's also made himself into an expert on the rules of baseball, yeah, in a way, and he you know. The thing with him is like he he gets when to insert that stuff and when not to. And, you know, he doesn't intrude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I really think he does a good job. I even enjoyed last summer when he called some of those inter-squad games alone. Vin Scully style. I I was cool with that.
0: He's better with (laughs) play-by-play than than I realized, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Who's the fellow that's... uh, that's coming to town now. What's his
0: name? Who's the fella that's coming to the town?
1: Announcer.
0: They got a new announcer? I didn't hear about this.
1: Yeah. You know, the John Sadak. Sadak.
0: <laughs> Sadak, yeah. Sajak. Pat John Sadak. And I was told that I did pronounce it correctly Correct, on last right. episode. So John Sadak, yeah, is going to be the TV play-by-play guy. And he, you know, he seems like a, a competent professional from the clips that I saw.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I was right. kind of looking forward to seeing if he, he and Wells, because Wells sometimes was kind of beating his head against the wall with, with Tom.
1: <laughs> he wanted to beat Tom's head against the <laughs> well, wall.
0: Well, that too. But, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I think it'll, it's like addition by subtraction here.
0: Since we're talking about Larkin, can I give you a quick quiz? Pop quiz, hot shot. Sure.
1: sure. Barry, are, you holding, are you holding the phone in your opposite hand right now?
0: <laughs> yes. Barry well. Larkin. Made his debut for the Cincinnati Reds in August of uh, August, I think, thirteenth of two thousand or nineteen eighty six. Um, but he didn't make his first start until Friday, August fifteenth of 86. First game of a doubleheader. So, nineteen eighty six, August fifteenth, nineteen eighty six. How many of the Reds starting lineup can you name from that day?
1: Well, all right, let's see. Uh, Buddy Bell at third base.
0: Buddy Bell at third. That's one.
1: Uh, Bardillo, Bo Diaz behind the plate.
0: Wrong. That's gonna be uh, catcher's gonna be a tough one. All
1: right, Steve Christmas or
0: or I lose. <laughs> not Steve Christmas now.
1: Uh, first base, Nick Asaski?
0: First base, no, a guy that's a lot older. Asaski did come in later in the game in oh, a Tony double per- switch.
1: Tony Perez.
0: Tony Perez. I'll say this: Asaski was in the lineup, but Asaski not first in the base. Lineup,
1: he's in left field then.
0: Left field, so there you got three.
1: All right. Uh, was Davis playing center? Oh.
0: He was not, but it's another guy that had a lot of a lot of reps in center for those. Uh, uh,
1: Ed Ed Milner.
0: Ed Milner. There you go. That's four.
1: Uh, Ron Oyster at second base.
0: Wrong. Mm. And I'm going to tell you this is a, this is a trick question. Very oh, did
1: Larkin start at second? Larkin
0: started at second base. So I mean, there you was go. Con-
1: was Concepcion playing shortstop?
0: He was not, but you'll be able to get it. Uh. Kurt Stillwell. Kurt Stillwell started at shortstop. Larkin and Stillwell, one, two in the lineup that day.
1: And then uh, the the Cobra in right field. Dave Cobra. Parker.
0: And Dave Parker. Yes, in right field. So the only one we've got left, I think, is uh, catcher and pitchers. I'll see if you can do uh, pitcher. Oh. Uh, as
1: well,
0: you'll be able to get pitcher if you think about it.
1: Chris Welsh?
0: It was not. No, it's, it was a good pitcher. Cold.
1: Uh, <laughs> Tom Browning.
0: Chris, I'm so, really sorry. Uh, not Tom Browning. Uh. One more guess, and I'll tell you.
1: Dennis Rasmussen?
0: <laughs> you're See? Bill you, Gullickson. Yeah, boy, you, you're, you're leaning into that good pitcher uh, hint. Mario Soto. Oh, well, he wasn't
1: a good pitcher in 1986,
0: though. No, but he was a good pitcher. You're right, yeah. though. I guess, okay.
1: Uh, I don't know, catcher-wise.
0: Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I'll, I'll give it to you, unless you want to make another guess. Uh, Terry McGriff. Sal Butera. Ooh, Sal. Sal Butera went one for three with a walk. Raised his on-base percentage up to 346. Sally. Yeah, Larkin. does Did he have a kid um, who plays in the major leagues now? I don't know if he still plays or uh, does not, but uh, uh, he he did at some point play. Drew Butera. That guy must
1: must be the greatest defensive player in the history of baseball. Drew Butera? He has played 11 years in the major leagues with a 198 batting
0: average. How's that even possible? He's
1: a catch-and-throw guy, I guess.
0: There you go. Pete Rose did pinch hit in that game. Uh, Larkin went one for four with a walk and a run score. Pete Rose pinch hit. Um, and uh, Rob Murphy was the only relief pitcher that day, the lefty Rob Murphy. So, anyway, I don't know. That's always fun to do. I so. like it. You did pretty well. Uh, before we get into viewer mail, because that's going to be all, where all the discussion about everything's going on, we've got a good group of uh, questions this week. There are a couple things we need to talk about. Red's made some huge signings this week. First, they signed uh, pitcher Cam Bedrosian. Cam Bedrosian, of course, was with the Angels uh, last year. And uh, he's had a pretty good uh, pretty good career, honestly. But uh, the Angels outrighted him. He elected free agency and the Reds. Signed him to a minor league contract with an invite to big league spring training. If he's healthy, I would not be surprised if he made the team. Uh, Cam Bedrosian, you know, his dad won a Cy Young Award, right?
1: Uh, is that right? I he think, did, didn't he? I think he yeah, was. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did.
0: Um, So, you know, that's good. Right. Uh, So, anyway, minor league contract. Speaking of, the Reds signed outfielder Tyler – how do you pronounce his last name? Do you know this? Tyler – Seguin? Naquin? 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 I I don't actually know how to pronounce that. He's been around for a while. Naquin. Naquin? Naquin,
1: according to the baseball reference. There you go. Naquin.
0: Um, Who is
1: The other one you're wondering about is Don Ossie.
0: Don, oh Don Osse—that's how you pronounce that. Boy, I love getting one of his cards in a, in a, oh, in a baseball yeah. card pack when I was ten years old because I thought it gave me permission to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. That word. yes. Yeah, so that's like when my my kids drive by the the fat end of the lake; they like to say
0: a certain word. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, your kids, man, they're wild and crazy. Dad, I'm just talking. About <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just saying.
1: I'm talking about Don Osse.
0: <laughs> Uh, Tyler Naquin, you know, um, had a good rookie year. And, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. He's had some some highlights, I guess, but he's, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's some upside for a – as opposed to every other minor league contract you sign with an invitation to big league spring training. But, I don't know, Is what it is. He so. feels
1: like the guy they sign every spring, though, doesn't
0: he? They sign a guy like that every year.
1: Every year, like a left-handed hitting outfielder, 29 years old, blah, blah blah, was on the top 100 prospect list once. <laughs>
0: So those are the guys we're leaning on. We're, we're betting big on those guys.
1: Betting big on Tyler and Aikman having a normal improvement. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. So a lot of the topics I wanted to cover are uh, covered in questions from viewer mail. So let's go ahead and dive into viewer mail. These come from our uh, friends at patreon.com slash radio, where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast. First question comes from our friend Mike Perry. Mike Perry says this. I I know the Reds don't seem to think that Nick Senzel can play shortstop, but can defensive positioning slash the shift mitigate his apparent weaknesses? This was the reasoning given to us when Mustakis was moved to second base after all. um, Even if it can't work for short, who would you rather have as your starting shortstop? Kyle Farmer slash Holder, same guy, or Nick Senzel? You want to take this or you want me to go ahead and...
1: Go ahead. I, yeah. I, Listen, I, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm uh... Shortstop and Nick Senzel, Senzel questions are probably
0: not good for me right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, but listen, but how about this? And, and you're, you're you're right. My answer to this, this question for years has been, no, not years, but for a long time has been, you know, the Reds looked at him. There's obviously something they see that they think he can't play uh, there. But Nick Senzel can be the best option on the on the roster if you literally have no other shortstops on the roster. So I, I would take Senzel over anybody they've currently got. At shortstop. I,
1: I mean, you have to see it, right? I mean, you can't... Yeah, but I've seen Farmer. I, I know, but I mean, Farmer's not... I, I didn't think Farmer was terrible
0: at defensively. Yeah, but he's never going to hit. Never in a million years.
1: Oh, no, no, I know. This is just one of those things, like... I don't know. How, how far out of position can you play a guy because his bat... Well, here, here. Here's the question. How good is his bat?
0: Well, th- I was going to go there. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not like we're saying put Joey Votto at shortstop. Joey Votto, twenty ten. Well, let's just put him at shortstop because who cares? I mean, you're talking about a guy who hit one eighty six last year versus the guy who hit what one ninety. I mean,
0: well, I couldn't. Neither have one of them hit
1: major league. So,
0: and that's fair at this point. But
1: I correction: Kyle Farmer hit two. He, Kyle Farmer hit seventy points higher than Nixon's Zell last year. So,
0: so what we're saying is Kyle Farmer oh, a much okay. better offensive player.
1: I'm not, saying, I'm not saying the opposite. <laughs> Here's what at I'm saying. Point, at this point, I'm not saying the opposite.
0: Here's what I'm saying. First of all, Kyle Farmer is not a good offensive player. Second of all, I'm betting big on Nixon Zell. There you
1: go. <laughs> Coming back there in
0: 2021. I just look at the available options, and I'm like, you know what? He's a good athlete. We know that. Probably can't play shortstop very well. I think that the evidence would indicate that, or else he'd be at shortstop. But... I think Mike's point that, you know, the defensive positioning now, that, that defense is, uh, you know, you can hide weaknesses. Now, can you hide weaknesses short of that? I don't know if that the answer to that. But the upside on offense is so much higher than Kyle Farmer or Kyle Holder or Kyle whoever we have. Um, Kyle, Kyle Holder's really a guy. He's evidently a guy. No, he's actually, I
1: thought that was like placeholder or
0: something. <laughs> well, he would literally be. A placeholder. The thing about Holder is he's the only one that we, I think, we can be sure he actually can play the position defensively. I mean, Jose Jose Garcia can, but you know, uh, nobody is a uh,
1: a full year older than Nick Senzel.
0: Who is Kyle Holder? So he does exist. Yeah, says he's a real guy. So I, I would go with. I would go with Sinzel, but the only situation under which I would have said, let's go with Sinzel, is a situation that we have now, which is the Reds do not have another, uh, they literally don't have a shortstop on the roster. I mean, we're pretending that Kyle Farmer is a shortstop. I mean, no, nobody has ever thought of Kyle Farmer as a major league caliber shortstop ever in the history of his life. And he's made it to the big leagues. He's had a great, you know, great uh, baseball career all the way up. And nobody's ever said, boy, that guy's a big league shortstop. And he's going to be handed the keys to the castle. Snoopaloop, which is a, a good name. Ask this question: If Alfredo Rodriguez is the answer, what is the question? Dark horse for the starting shortstop in twenty twenty one? The biggest waste of six million dollars in Cincinnati Reds history, which would we'll be saying something, or other? Alfredo Rodriguez, the Reds signed him internationally. Um, and the knock on him when they signed him was that he, you know, great glove can't hit. And as it turns out, pretty good glove. Yeah. Yeah. He can't hit.
1: So. He's not the biggest
0: waste of 6 million ever because Eric Milton <laughs> played for the Reds. And I got to give kudos to Joe Farsing who actually commented that below that question at our, uh, Patreon uh, page.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, no, that guy, that was a waste of money. I, I think I, I like stumbled across a, um, a uh a picture the other day of like him trying out and standing around walk jockey or something and I was just like like oh I forgot about that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they were they were betting big on Eric Milton coming back.
1: No, not Milton. I'm talking about Rodriguez. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I just saw a picture of him. Like what it must have been a story when they signed him.
0: Um That's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh <sighs> I don't know. I, when you sign a guy, they're like, well, there's going to be questions with his bat. That's, first of all, that's a problem. Um, I don't know that we're in a he's day and age when you can just have a, a defense first short or defense only shortstop, I should say.
1: Yeah, he's like four days older than Nick Senzel. Is that right?
0: And yet you still don't want to give the job to Senzel.
1: <laughs> Red's done really a fine job with those guys from more 1994.
0: <laughs> they really have. They really have. Joey Godica says, hey, guys, hope you're both well with spring training and an expected full regular season. Oh, actually, let me go back to that, that last question, which was, if Alfredo Rodriguez is a starting shortstop in 2021, something has gone horribly wrong. But that thing's already yeah. gone That thing's already yeah. gone horribly wrong. So. Joey says, hey, guys, hope you're well with spring training and an expected full regular season. Any chance we see the DH implemented from now until the season starts? Doesn't it seem kind of risky having pitchers hit after they're uh, just back into a regular routine after quite some time? More of a risk of injury, maybe. Uh, I don't
1: think those guys put off enough effort to get injured in batting.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I think there's a pretty good chance that we're going to see the DH at some point. It's not going to be this year, but uh, I, I don't know that, that it's any more risky than anything else pitchers do. I think probably throwing uh, overhand with your uh, dominant arm is an inherently risky you know, behavior anyway. And so, uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's that much more of a a risk of injury. So I know I don't see that happening.
1: Nah, I don't, they're not going to change the rules at this point. I mean, teams have their rosters. I mean, most teams, most teams have filled out their rosters with at least one player at every position.
0: (laughs) I think 29 teams have at least one player at every position.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's just amazing. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's staggering
0: to me. Really? You know, we keep talking about this and I don't want to, I don't want to keep dwelling on it, but, I mean actually I, I never thought I'd see the time when a, a professional organization a professional sports franchise just made the decision that eh, it's just a little too much money for us to have somebody at every position.
1: You know what it's like? It's uh it's like in Hoosiers when coach Norman Dale tells the referee, "My team is on the floor." My team is on the floor.
0: Opening day. And they just play with four guys the rest of the game. Opening day, David Bell walks out to hand his lineup was like, 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 yeah, you to get eight guys on this. My team is on the field.
1: <laughs> and one of them's Ollie.
0: <laughs> one of them's got to be Ollie. Oh, he made those free throws. Classic movie. All right, Hooper Pal asks uh, this question. How many of these players do you see on the roster after the trade deadline? Actually calls it the trade line, which I like that.
1: I like that better.
0: I do too. Yeah. After the trade line, if the Reds are out of it. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Mike Mustakas, Slick Nick, Gino, or the Wink. Um, I think Castillo's still here. I think Sunny Gray's probably still here. They won't be able to find anybody to take Mustakas at that price. Um, I could see him trading Castellanos to somebody that's needs an outfielder. I don't know. I feel like Gino's going to be here. I don't know. I
1: think any one of them who can go will is in danger of being gone. I just don't think there's any, uh, I don't think there's any, uh, any, any market for most of them. It all depends. I mean, I don't know, you know, this off season, everything was so goofy, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, salaries and free agency and all that stuff. So who knows?
0: Yeah. It's never been more difficult to, uh, kind of forecast that. Uh, yeah, I, I think those guys could go. I think if if Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo go at the trade line, which is what we're going to start calling it now, um, I think that's when we start to get nervous. Because Castillo, I agree with that. You know, Castillo's the guy they should be throwing money at to keep him around. Not Tatis yep. money, but that's the one of those guys you should be throwing money at. Uh, Hooper also says bonus question over under uh, Jose Garcia batting average two twenty five. If Jose Garcia plays in the big leagues this year for a full under. season, you're going with the under?
1: Under. <sighs> Unless there's, like, a rule change or some other, like, extraneous thing, I, I think Jose Garcia will be at least 25 points under
0: the league average from heading average. So uh, what type of rule change are you talking about? If, if Like, if you foul the ball off twice, you, it counts as a hit? Yeah,
1: you know, the batter gets the call where he wants the pitch to be thrown, ball size increased to, like, 10 inches diameter, um, other teams deciding to play without a shortstop, things like that.
0: You know, I'm going to ask you a question here that our mutual acquaintance, Bill Lacca and I have uh, discussed. Bill is a low man on Jose Garcia. He doesn't see anything in his history that makes him think he's going to be a legit big league player. Where are you on Jose Garcia? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Closer to Bill than the Reds are.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, Garcia, you know, I think Garcia played exceptionally well in a difficult league. Um, but it was a high league. Um, the Florida State League. Uh, he was completely overmatched last year. Clearly needs more minor league time. But I, he's good enough defensively that if what we saw in that one, and maybe may have squinting too hard to see a, a guy, but I do think I see a guy that can be an average big league shortstop. And there's some value in an average big league shortstop because we don't have a shortstop. True. John Majewski asks, and this may shoot some holes in what you were saying earlier about some of the things you heard Barry Larkin say. John asks, Barry Larkin says, quote, I truly think D. Gordon could play shortstop at the big league level and be a very good shortstop at the big league level. End quote. This comment is so revealing on many different levels. What do you make of it? Chris, what do you make of that quote?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure. I think, I think, D. Gordon and Barry, like they work out in the offseason together.
0: Yes. And have for years. I think
1: that's all it is. It's his buddy.
0: Yeah. Um, this is, goes back to our conversation about what David Bell said and what Nick Crawl said. Is What's he going to say? It's his, it's his friend. You know, um, there is zero chance, I think I would say. Zero. Although David Bell says he's going to get a shot at shortstop. I think there's zero chance D. Gordon can play shortstop at the big league level anymore. Um, Oh, boy. Why can't people just tell the truth? Well, you know, there's not a lot of incentives in that. That's true. Rich Thompson. Gentlemen, what was your first memory as a Reds fan? And then he adds, how's this for a short and pithy question? Rich has a tendency to ask longer, really involved questions. And I was like, I love them. Sometimes they're very entertaining to discuss. But, you know, we got a bunch of questions. Keep it short and pithy. What's your first memory as a Reds fan, Chris?
1: Uh, first, you know, I mean, I think my first vivid memory is the, uh, Pete Rose hitting streak and I'll keep it pithy. I'm not going to go into that, but if you want to read that story, you can, you buy the book, the big 50, the minute moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I believe it's in a footnote in there somewhere.
0: It's actually my favorite story in that book. I have read the book. <laughs> so it's in there.
1: Uh, but yeah, I was, I was five and a big Reds fan, big Pete Rose fan and was very upset when uh, Pete's hitting streak was ended.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go go look it up who the pitcher was that uh, ultimately ended up, ended uh, Rose's 44-game hitting streak. By the way, I have read the Big 50. I think uh, most of our uh, viewers here have read the Big 50. I, wa- I do want to call out uh, Joe Farsing, who revealed in our Slack channel today that he doesn't even own a copy. <laughs> I
1: mean, really? I, I mean... You know, I appreciate the Patreon, uh, all the Patreon, Patreons, Patrons, Patreons. <laughs> but he could have saved up a few of those bucks and bought the dead gone book,
0: or just not say that out loud. Just let me think <laughs> that you. With
1: the public library.
0: <laughs> true. Go to the public library. It's in every public library in America. That may not be true. Oh. It's in some public libraries. We knew, we do know this. Right, this next question from Jerry Sadooth uh, seems like this is aimed at you. question is this. Is Kyle Farmer crumulent enough to embiggen himself at shortstop?
1: Uh, uh, that's more of a Shelbyville
0: shortstop. would interested <laughs> in it. Uh, excellent uh, Simpsons reference uh, there, Jerry. Jeff Eukler, I recently responded with a benign reference to Chad in a tweet thread from Doug Gray. Doug Gray is the worst, by the way. Don't ever mention him <laughs> on this podcast again. I recently responded with a benign reference to Chad in a tweet thread from uh, Doug Gray. My response was immediately liked, and I was followed by, quote, a beautiful young and lonely girl eager to meet new people. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the best viewer mail question ever. She invited me to follow her on Twitter to enjoy her sexy photos. Is this indicative of what even the slightest reference to Chad Dotson results in? And why don't you mention this in the Patreon description? Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> yes, that's very much indicative.
1: Perhaps it's been my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Most, uh, most, uh, most girls that I've been in contact with prefer to stay lonely. <laughs> but uh, your, your mileage may vary on that. Oh man, fantastic question, Jeff. Thank you, Charles Zollers. Hey, Chad. I was bored during my work break yesterday and decided to scroll down and listen to your 2015 season preview. Okay, first. I got Charles here went back in the archives and listened to the 2015 season preview on the podcast. <laughs> That's dedication.
1: I have a feeling we were not, uh, one of us was skeptical at that point. <laughs> you think so? But I, you know, I'm sure there's a podcast where you and, and like Jason try to talk each other into things being okay. Um, you're like, well, you know, you know, Ludwig could come back and, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think that uh, that's kind of where he went with this one. Um, <laughs> Charles we said, "Pretty
1: ticked though. We were pretty ticked at that point, right? I mean, but they that that 2014 was a disappointing season, and then like they did nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they you know kind of pretended like we're we're in 2014 we're going to compete."
1: But they didn't do anything to improve the 2013
0: team. Right, right, right. And then they got rid of some people. Um, Charles uh, finishes up by saying, I listened to your 2015 season preview, and boy, does it sound similar to this season, except you were more optimistic back then. <laughs> that makes me kind of sad, actually. Um, well,
1: that's the offseason they traded away Latos and Simon, and they got Discofani and, and Suarez.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And signed Jason Marquis. Oh, man. Kevin Gregg, Burke Badenhop,
0: Paul (laughs) Mahollam. Oh, man. Burke Badenhop. Well, never stop loving that guy. He's, uh, he's Inner Circle Hall of Fame, uh, uh, All Reds name team. Right? Don't you think? Burke Badenhop? I love it. it. Who else is in that, uh, can you think of me off the top of your head that's in that all name team?
1: Steve Christmas.
0: Steve Christmas is there. Absolutely. Paul Householder.
1: Kyle Kyle Waldrop.
0: Kyle Waldrop. Okay. I'm with it. John Um, Cutelangus. Oh, He's like MVP. He's inner circle. John langus
1: the, 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 the same season they had Badenoff, they also had Brennan Bosch.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I think one. it's Bosch. I think it's Bosch, yeah. Yeah. Can I say this? You know, we've had a, a, a fun little ride with this podcast and, you know, the book and the website and all that stuff. But the highlight of my um, fandom, Reds fandom, was the day that John Langus followed me on Twitter. I'm still, I'm still proud of that. He's a good sport. He is a good sport. He is a good sport. All right, so Charles finishes up by saying, um, hoping guys stay healthy and everything has to go perfectly right. Also, I would like a comment on the 2017 College Football National Champs hiring Gus on. Charles is a UCF guy. You know what UCF is? It's a college, evidently. Is that that Duncan College? No, no, that was... Uh... Hey, you got to mention that man, by the way. That was uh, Florida Gulf Coast. And they beat Georgetown. Another the, one that beat Georgetown. Yeah, another one that beat Georgetown early. Um, Charles likes age? to pretend that Central Florida won the national championship in 2017.
1: Oh, was that one of those? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So they hired uh, Auburn's old coach, I guess. And, uh, you know, come on. You're taking the, the leftovers from Auburn and you're trying to claim you're a college football powerhouse. Come on, Charles. Get out of here. You can't be as good as, uh, for example, Virginia, coached by... All Hall of Fame name team, Bronco Mendenhall. They won at There's least five games this year, I think.
1: Although, you know, I mean, ex-Auburn coaches go on to <laughs> strange and successful things.
0: Is there anything in particular you're referencing there?
1: Uh, they go on to coach at UC.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's, that's true. And do other things after that. Other things after that. Engage in colorful exploits. Yeah. Why well, didn't you hear an Alabama coach, Charles? Like uh, what's his name? Who's the Alabama guy? You know what I'm thinking uh, of Nick Saban. No, no, before him,
1: Bear Bryant.
0: <laughs> no, he was good. Who b- between those two? Uh, uh, George oh. Welsh. No, oh, I slow your roll, Chief. <laughs> Al Groh. Joe. First of all, Joe George Welsh is a Hall of Fame. He's literally in the College Football Hall of Fame. So I'm not going to listen to you slander him. Al Groh's garbage. garbage. <laughs> We've turned into a UVA football podcast. I was always afraid that was going to happen at some point. Yeah,
1: uh, it's, it's always not all roads kind of trend there. That's yeah, we've been on the edge. The a arc few times. history trend, sort of that.
0: All right, Kyle Kapler. Kyle says on Monday, August twenty second, two thousand sixteen, the Reds lost to the Dodgers eighteen to nineteen. Thank you for that comment, Kyle. Oh no, there's more. Eighteen to nine, they lost eighteen to nine. The players who pitched for the Reds on that memorable night were Homer Bailey, Josh Smith, Jumbo Diaz. Blake Wood, who evidently exists, Michael Lorenzen, and Tyler Holt, who I know the answer to this. out of the players and without looking at the box score, who would you have guessed did not give up an earned run in that massacre? I know the answer to that because I remember that. Homer Bailey. It's Tyler Holt, who was Is like he a,
1: a field p- a position player.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of these uh, famous obscure Reds that I like to talk about all the time. Yeah, yeah. He was the, I know he's the one, and I haven't looked, but uh, he did not. Uh, Tyler Holt, because every time I saw him, I thought about the, what's that Steve show? Holt. Steve Holt. What is that show? Arrested,
1: Arrested Development. Uh,
0: yeah, there's always money in the banana stand. Steve Holt. He was my favorite. I wanted him to be a Red forever.
1: I, I always mix him and uh, Sam Fold up. I don't know why. I guess they both have, like, short names.
0: <laughs> I like short names. C- can I speak for just a moment about obscure Reds? You take as much time as you need. <laughs> well, I don't have that much time. But that was my uh you know, I do this little newsletter thing. For some reason I don't have enough free time, I guess. Uh I wanted to Like a zine? <laughs> yeah, it's a zine. <laughs> Boy. What is this? <laughs> Nineteen ninety eight all of a sudden? Uh, um and and I wrote this week about uh Chad dot com. Whatever, there's a blatant uh, ad there. Um and I wrote about obscure former Reds, and and one that I had was uh, Kerry Robinson. I was looking at the 1999 team. That was you know we had a fun with that team, right? Um, yeah. Did you remember that Jason Beret started ten games for that team? I did not remember that. Six point eight five ERA. Carrie Robinson, you probably remember. I, go ahead. Well, I remember Carrie Robinson as a Padre when I had
1: season tickets to the Padres in the early
0: 2000s. Oh, there you go. Don't you wish you had season ticket for the Padres now? Oh, man, for multiple reasons. That means I would be living there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And two, I get to see cool cool baseball t- players and a team that wants to win. A team that wants to win. It's amazing. Kerry Robinson also had a few years there with the Cardinals, whatever. But he uh, played in nine games for that 1999 Reds team. What I thought was interesting was he had one plate appearance in those nine games. He played nine games, had one plate appearance. But he scored four runs. It's hard to do.
1: Jack McKeon, huh? pr (laughs) and all over the place.
0: Yeah, Jack McKeon, loved to pinch her on. Who who else? The the other one that I wanted to mention was Willie Bloomquist. I love the Willie Bloomquist story, which should be, you know, a Lifetime movie at some point.
1: Well, well, I I think I may have mentioned this on Twitter somewhere, but my recollection is of Willie Bloomquist is that somebody, you know, some beat writer or whatever, or somebody that was like the fastest
0: guy on that team. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, he's the fastest guy, or the second fastest, behind obviously Billy, right?
1: I actually Billy was on that team. I wasn't, okay, this is 2010. So I, I'm partly misremembering it, or he was, was second fastest to uh, Chris Heisey.
0: <laughs> Chris Heisey, you're going in and out a little bit, Chris, but we'll we'll power through it here. Um yeah. Willie Blunkus was 32 years old that year. The Reds purchased him from the Royals in mid-September. The Reds just tossed a couple bucks their way, and they said, ah, you can have him. Uh, 17 at-bats, he was fine, whatever, I don't know. But uh, but I love that two weeks after he was acquired, he uh, got to celebrate Clenchmas with the Reds and uh, with a bunch of guys he basically didn't know. So so good for him. Um, He... uh, if you heard a few weeks ago we had Mo Egger on the podcast, they 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 tried to sign or tried to get together with Blumquist to give some postseason commentary. He didn't know any of the players. Um, but uh, what I loved about Blumquist, he played until he was thirty seven, fourteen years in the big leagues, and one point seven wins above replacement. That's how do you get a craft a fourteen year career? It's kind of like I, you were talking about earlier with Butera. He
1: just gotta be a little I mean part of it is like if you can do one thing really well, then you can keep doing it. Uh, but I don't know, I mean above replacement is
0: above replacement, right? Oh, that's true actually. It's an excellent point. He was not a replace. he wasn't quite below replacement, so nobody replaced him.
1: Yeah, right, there you go.
0: All right, Tyler Holt. Thomas Dennis asks Oh, come on, Thomas. I was in the middle of my work day when Bruce Springsteen could be heard playing in the background. I thought that reminds me of Chad Dotson. That really irritates me. What sort of middle anguish does it give you to know that quite a number of Reds fans think of you when Springsteen is played? The most overrated, not, he's not bad, but he's the most overrated musical artist of the uh, of the last say 1000 years.
1: I'm oh, sorry. I, I you were cutting out a little bit. He he's asked you about Dave Matthews.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's yeah. Is
1: that right what I heard?
0: <laughs> yeah. It does ta- listen, I will concede <laughs> that it takes some chutzpah for it for a Dave Matthews fan to say that Bruce Springs is overrated. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point.
1: Uh I'm not a fan of either one of them really, so it's I just I'm just here for the, the memes. <laughs>
0: I think Dave Matthews is properly rated. A lot of people really hate him, and a lot of people really love him.
1: Matt, yeah, he's just got a really big standard deviation.
0: Yes. So, um, oh, Thomas, you hurt my feelings. Bruce Springsteen, he likes jeeps.
1: Yeah, yeah, he does. I'm sure he rides them. And, and, uh, and
0: and motorcycles. Evidently, some motorcycles as well. <laughs> do, you, do you use the term? Do you use the term motorcycles in your no, uh, everyday life?
1: 10 but not since chips went off the air oh chips
0: punching john
1: freeze frames
0: aristo neely asks, good evening professor dotson and mr garber he actually says mount garber i assume he means mr garber but i'm gonna go with mount garber (laughs) that's not cool dude
1: (laughs) pandemic's been rough on all of us
0: (laughs) bring that into it come on aristo um Last week when Doug Gray was with the guest on the podcast, I was accused of waving a false flag operation because I referred to myself as being no spring chicken. I thought this was an accurate description of myself due to my advanced age in comparison to Mr. Gray, who, being a millennial, must be at least 30 years younger than myself. Which, by the way, I'm 69 years old. Risto, our oldest uh, patron, uh, and uh, love having him as part of the family. Anyway, the question at hand is, am I actually no spring chicken, and was I falsely accused of waving a false flag? in both of your valued opinions were these true or false statements and was I I falsely (laughs) accused? He's really upset about being falsely
1: accused. (laughs) he really is. I'd like to exonerate him.
0: We need Uh, to exonerate him.
1: I I can't follow all the negative and double negatives in that true and false question, Uh, but I believe in Risto and uh, uh, Doug Gray is the worst, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if we're comparing Risto to Doug, I mean, there's no question here, right? Yeah, yeah, Risto, you win this one. Risto, if it makes you feel better, you're no spring chicken. I'm not sure what right. that conversation is That's what he wants now. you to say, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. Love you, Risto. Chuck Nichols asks, what's up, guys? Which one of you will make it out to Goodyear for spring training games? And he has a second question. But first, let's ask, answer that one. You're not going to Goodyear, I bet. I'm not going to Goodyear. Have you ever been to Goodyear? I was in
1: Goodyear in 2010. We were just discussing this tonight at dinner.
0: Oh, I, actually, I know about that, yes. Um, I'm not going this year either, but I I've, here's where I've fallen as a... Uh, Super Reds fan is that I've never been to Red Spring Training. Does that disappoint you?
1: Uh, it surprises me. Yeah, I went to uh, I went. I think I went to uh, a quick visit in two thousand or nineteen
0: ninety
1: 1990, nineteen ninety and four,
0: I believe. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Plant City. Oh, Plant City! A lot of plants.
1: Yeah, stro- strawberry plants.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And uh, then and then Good uh, Year in
0: twenty ten. Um, why were you in Good Year in 2010? Any particular reason just to go watch spring training games?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we just decided to check it out. Um, my wife and I, and our, we only had one kid then, so we just did it. And uh,
0: I think we only went to one game. I think.
1: No, we went to a, went to a Giants game out of Scottsdale too. But.
0: Yeah, um, it's been on my. Uh, I don't know. It's on my bucket list. I don't really have a bucket list. I don't know. If that's really something that I desperately need to do, but. I really want to do it at some point, and and I may do it next year. I don't know. This year, I'm really. I hate to say this, but I'm really kind of going to enforce a uh, a rule of a uh, Bob Castellini won't spend money on the Reds, neither will I. That seems fair to me. That seems like a deal. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I think I'm going. to yeah. I think I'm going to boycott cool. this year.
1: And, and the calendar. The last couple of years, the calendar has really been uh, difficult because you know my kids have a spring break that's been like the last week of March. And for, I think this will be the third year in a row Like the Reds are more or less playing in Cincinnati by the time we would get to spring break. Or, yeah, spring break. So,
0: yeah, and I will not say taking two trips, I will say this, that I have um, for many years, I've got to do it before I get to a hole, but I really want to do the fantasy camp thing. Which is, I don't know, maybe it's kind of lame. I don't know if it is or not. I talked oh, to- no,
1: I was just looking at it uh, before we got on the on the line here because they postponed it officially uh, till next year. So I was, once again, doing that thing where it's either... I always just look at it when it's either too late or too early. Yeah. Like, they, they really need to, I don't know, maybe they don't need to do anything. I think they sell it out every year, but it would help me if they would do some marketing of that thing like right around the time they... You're supposed to
0: sign up for it. They need to do it like in November, so I can tell my wife, "Hey, give me that for Christmas."
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it ain't cheap. I think it's uh, four thousand eight hundred bucks. Yeah, that's uh, so you got to get there, and I think that covers your your living
0: expenses. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's everything. Yeah, while you're there, um, other than I guess uh, transportation. Uh,
1: I don't, how many of these you know former Reds are going to put one in our ear hole, though for? <laughs> Talking trash in this
0: podcast. I know, right? Danny Grays is going to put me in the dirt.
1: <laughs> Jason Marquis is probably one of the main guys.
0: Yeah, but if Adam Dunn's there, we're double-fisting Bud Lights all night. Oh, quadruple-fisting. Quadruple-fisting, exactly. Um, Chris, we need to kind of make a pact here live on the podcast, even though nobody that's listening to this uh, is hearing it live, but that next year we're going to do everything we can that to uh, to do Fantasy Camp and uh and uh report back how it uh our experiences
1: i i am uh i'm supportive of that i need to uh i think i i think i got a plan for this
0: well i would i would love to do it and uh i don't know i think it'd be fun and i need to do it before I, before i can't do it anymore and hey, i'm literally in the best shape of my life so there you go um chuck's second question was also who would win in a hot dog eating contest chad chris doug or jason Who wins a hot dog eating contest?
1: I don't don't know. Um, I don't don't know. In my my day, I I don't like hot dogs. So it would definitely be kind of a a Kobayashi situation where I'm just throwing them down without tasting them. I'm not a massive hot dog fan. but
0: I do like hot dogs. I would probably bet on myself. But if you've ever Cheese watched... Cheese
1: Coney Contest, I might I might do okay.
0: There you go. Have you watched one of these uh, Kobayashi uh, hot dog eating contests? Have you watched... And it's the most disgusting uh, thing. I've
1: never really watched the thing. You know, it's like you, you see it's coming on, you see a couple seconds of it, you, you've kind of got
0: the idea. Oh, they like dip it in, in water and... Water, like, yeah. Oh, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't want to do that. My,
1: my kid entered a cream puff eating contest once at an
0: Oktoberfest,
1: but... Uh, it was like in a, he was probably six or seven, and it was an adult cream puff eating contest.
0: <laughs> and he won. That's amazing.
1: Well, they did give him a shirt because they felt bad, I think, that, uh, you know, taking a prize from a little kid. So he's had this Oktoberfest T-shirt that he wears for his pajamas, and it's, it's slowly inching its way up as he grows. You know, it used to be like down to his ankles, and
0: now it more or less fits him. Well, it's terribly exciting. All right, a couple more here, and then we'll uh, then we'll call her quits. Nathan Connor, another spring training question. Being a Florida resident, spring training means a lot to me. But since the Reds moved to Arizona, it's not the same. I know the players like the short commutes in Arizona, but what about the fans? Aren't there more Ohioans living in Florida? Wouldn't current residents prefer a March trip to the beach over a cross-country flight to the desert? This move is yet another black mark on Bob Castellini's custodianship. Yeah, added to the list. Yes, Chad. I'm selfish. Is there any chance the Reds would ever move back to where God intended Red Spring training to take place? Florida. Exclamation point. Uh, The answer. The is no. Not in the near future. I think they own the.
1: Don't they own the place they're in?
0: Owner probably not. Probably SMC gave it to them. But yeah, I don't know. Pretty tight.
1: I think.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um. You know, I don't know. I like Florida. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happen. There probably I are more
1: both, but uh, you're not. Go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sold on the, the desert. Truthfully, um, the thing about Florida is it, it, it rains a lot, and so the, the players get their workouts rained out. They get the games rained out. You try to go to a game, it gets rained out. You know, they don't have much of that out in. Uh, they'll have a you know week of cold weather here in February in, in Phoenix, but they don't get rained out out there, and it's usually
0: decent enough so yeah i mean so from the reds perspective it makes a lot of sense but you know from from the fans perspective and and let's be clear the reds don't care about you but you know i, I would rather go to florida and hang out in march than uh then go to arizona although you know, i don't think it's arizona i'd like to go to arizona as well but um i don't know i i, I like florida i would prefer to go there over arizona but it's, I, don't, I don't see it happening but if we're gonna if we're gonna grade it as a black mark on Bob Castellini's custodianship, I'm all for that. Anything to do to criticize Bob Castellini, who is the biggest problem with the Cincinnati Reds, and no one is even close in second place. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, David Katzenmeyer. That's a good name, by the way. Is that is that an inner circle Hall of Fame uh, Patreon name? Sure. Sure, why not? Hey guys, I saw an interesting video today talking about ditching the luxury tax and imposing a salary cap and salary floor. In this scenario, it allows for more teams to spend more money and puts owners in a position where if they can't support it, sell the team to someone who can. In this scenario, we'd see a salary floor of $140 million and a cap of $210 million. I don't think this would ever happen, but I thought it was interesting. I wanted to see what you guys thought. Uh, and then he's got a second, uh, a second question, but we'll get to that in a second. But what do you think about... Uh, Salary cap and salary floor. To me, it just it uh, it lets Bob Castellini off the hook for being a jerk.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I, I haven't thought about those kind of things enough. I, I think you uh, you need to uh, you need to make sure it's got. It can't just be an, a, an arbitrary number. It's got to be like a set amount of revenue goes to the players every year, no matter what. Not, you know, whatever that number is, they got to agree on it. So it can't just be, you know, one forty and and two twenty or whatever those numbers are. It's got to be the, that goes up every year, and the numbers have to be has to be real revenue, and the which can't hide the revenue and all those kinds of things. So I don't know. I don't think that's a problem with baseball, and I, I never really like you get. You know, do we like the NBA? Like the 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 structure and the salaries and the, the capology and the, this trade for that contract and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't enjoy that part of those, that sport.
0: Yeah. You know, um, you're trading for the rights to Ricky Sanchez to, uh, you know, get a, a, a contract, expiring contract. It's just, you I hate sign that stuff. in
1: trade and a, <laughs> yeah. a mid-level veteran exemption for Thursdays. And I don't know. I mean,
0: it probably it probably makes the reds it forces the reds to be a little more competitive maybe maybe
1: what they need to do is make their more be more incentives to winning baseball games if you if you if you lose a bunch of money if you don't ever win baseball games then teams will try much harder to win baseball games and the best way to win baseball games is to have better baseball players so however they need to do that they'll do it but as it is, I, I, I don't. I'll say it this way: I think the Reds are a somewhat unique situation in that their problem is not motivation; it's it's competence and meddling.
0: Bob Castellini. I don't.
1: Yeah, I, I think Castellini wants to win. I think he gets it his own way.
0: Yeah. Uh, a corollary there is: if the since you mentioned the NBA, if baseball ultimately expands the playoffs the Reds will never, at least while Lane's here, never have a – not that they may not anyway, they probably won't anyway. They never have, but have a a payroll that's in the top half of baseball. Correct. And, of course, that's not really saying much because they they're still they not doing it.
1: Buy the one-dollar ticket and hope for the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bet big, right? Bet big. Bet big on the offense coming back. Uh, his second question is this. second, Secondly, this is David Katzenmeier again. Secondly, and more importantly – Does a straw have one or two holes? (laughs) Is this controversial?
1: I never thought about it. I'd rather talk about what a dog looks like wearing pants.
0: (laughs) What does a dog look like wearing pants? If a dog wore pants, how would he wear pants? (laughs) A straw has two holes, right?
1: I think so. I don't know. I'm going to be up all night. I'm I'm not ready to
0: answer. Now that I'm thinking about it. I'll be back in three weeks to answer. Oh, David. David is no longer Inner Circle Hall of Fame. All right. Um, I think that's about enough for tonight. There's one last thing that I did want to mention before we uh, before we cut it close. Uh, Fangraphs had their playoff odds, and they had the Reds at 19% to make the playoffs. Does that seem like a high number to you?
1: Well, what are their, their how many teams are in the division?
0: <laughs> there are five teams in the division.
1: So they've got a, a little bit less than... Uh random chance of winning the playoffs.
0: Okay. Yeah. The Reds have making the playoffs.
1: Of course they do have wild cards, so
0: Yeah, they project the Reds at fourth place though, uh seventy eight and uh, and eighty four. Um seventy eight seems to be the win number that a lot of these projections are coalescing around. So eh, nineteen percent. Yeah, they got a chance. They really that's what I said on uh on Twitter, which is um because I'm I'm short and pithy on Twitter. Uh the the Reds are my prediction is the Reds are not going to make the playoffs but they might there you go there you go I guess
1: hey uh, I do have one more bit of uh, fact factuary here to to add before we leave let's hear uh, it. Willie Blue list update you are correct that he had 1.7 war in his entire career he had 0. 0.7 war in his first 12 games in the major leagues at age 24
0: <laughs> Oh, I love it it's
1: a, he was somehow went fifteen for his first thirty three with uh with four doubles and five walks had an eleven hundred o p s his first couple weeks in the bigs and then
0: uh one war for the next fourteen season
1: yeah i mean he had a point six in his in his second year and then uh so he he you know point four over the next twelve years
0: that's good work if you can get it
1: yeah yeah good for
0: him. All right, Chris, any uh, any final thoughts? Uh,
1: no, stay warm, everybody.
0: Stay warm, stay safe. Uh, this is uh, the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast, the world's most dangerous podcast. We're on every, wherever you find podcasts. We're there, just go look for us. If it's a place that allows you to leave reviews, leave us a five-star review. None of this uh, less than five-star nonsense, okay? Uh, as we always say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, just shut up, okay? You don't have to tell, you don't have to tell that. And also, how do you listen to this whole podcast if you don't like us? Come on. Um... Chris, my man, always a good time. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. For Chris Garber and Willie Bloomquist, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation
0: Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.
1: American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.